Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Tenant Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys had a fantastic, awesome weekend. Hope you're ready for another week of awesome, wild shows, as always, on <laughs> here. Wild We're wild today. Wild topics <laughs> and everything in between. You guys know we bring you the best articles, the best news, the best, most up-to-date topics we can bring you guys and keep you updated on them and give you the opportunity to read them on the website as well so you can continually do more research and go into more detail on stuff that you're interested in and want to get the truth out there. And thank you again for supporting healthmasters.com. Did you guys see the super potent E product of the week on sale? Talked about it last week. Mixed to coferol vitamin E, incredibly good for cardiovascular support and blood viscosity. Really makes it easier for the heart to pump, keeping blood viscosity where it needs to be. And so, again, check that out at Health Masters. Be on sale for, I think, uh, two more days. And then the product of the week changes on Wednesday. Be sure to vote for what you want to see win on that, along with multiple other sales and specials that we have on there right now. Also, too, including the um, Mood Booster Stack, which is a really, really important formula that we put together years ago. It's a very basic, simplistic stack that helps out with overall energy and mood health. And so what the one article that I want to get in here today, because this is interesting, because I think more and more now the – Articles and the topics of discussion, people are really starting to come to grips with the fact that everything that we pretty much were told with COVID was a lie. Was the virus real? Were people sick? Absolutely. Was there people running around? You know, some people dying that were basically obese or elderly that got that caught that nasty stuff. Absolutely. But what we saw at the end of the day, the massive intrusion of our rights was not a coincidence. It was completely planned and characterized this by uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, uh, Neil Gorch, which this is interesting because he was actually referring to this as an att- attachment he just put to the Supreme Court's ruling in the Arizona versus McCorris case that challenged whether the government could continue to use its pandemic powers even after declaring the public health emergency over. This is a big lawsuit and it's essentially a court hearing that went to the Supreme Court. And Gortz provided a catalog of many ways in which the government used the COVID-19 as an overreach in its authority and suppressed civil liberties that was unprecedented unlike anything he's seen. He said this was the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in the peacetime history of this country. Supreme Court talking about this as far as with the COVID-19 lockdowns that they put together. And he said, and I quote, this is what he said as far as in the statement attached to the ruling. He said, executive officials across the country issued emergency decrees at a breathtaking scale. Governors and local leaders imposed lockdown orders, forcing people to remain in their homes. They shuttered businesses, schools, public and private. They closed churches, even as they allowed casinos and other favored businesses to carry on business as usual. They threatened violators not just with civil penalties, but with criminal sanctions. They surveilled church parking lots, recorded license plates, issued notices warning that attendance at even outdoor services satisfying all state social distancing and hygiene requirements could amount to criminal conduct. They divided cities and neighborhoods into color-coded zones, forced individuals to fight for their freedoms in court on emergency timetables, and then changed their color-coded schemes when defeated in court seemed imminent. This truly the government's federal and state handle of the COVID-19 pandemic delivered a knockout blow to our civil liberties, empowering the police state to flex its power by ways of bevy of lockdowns, mandates, restrictions, contact tracing problems, heightened surveillance, censorship, and overall criminalization of anything that they deem so. And when I... (laughs) When I read stuff like this from Supreme Court justice, it kind of just has a flashback, I'll be honest with you, of really getting another eye-opening, sobering experience of how bad it really was. Because, you know, a lot of times with human beings with psychology, 
when you deal with a significant amount of pain, you're dealing with a significant amount of conflict at a certain time. After a point in time, you kind of start suppressing it. You kind of go, okay, after a while, I'm, I'm getting over this. It's over with now. It's in the past. I'm just, I'm just putting that in a box and putting it on the shelf. I don't want to think about this anymore. That's a very dangerous thing to do when you're dealing with individuals that are completely and totally tyrannical. Because as he stated in this attachment to the Supreme Court ruling, what they did was something that was unprecedented in peacetime. Remember, there was no act of war. We weren't in an active conflict. We essentially declared war against COVID, and we made COVID the boogeyman, and we allowed the state and government to essentially come in and do anything they wanted to anyone. And some people, again, pushed back. You know, a lot of friends and families and listeners, I know in all kinds of states, pushed back. We pushed back on a lot of stuff here locally. Numerous people across numerous states pushed back. But again, it was the fact that the ability and the arrogance was so high with these individuals that they simply got this newfound power through this COVID emergency act and simply said, we're going to do anything we want. And one thing he mentioned here that I really, you know, that really hit home again is I remember this reading this where you had Sam's club, Walmart, all these big casinos, casinos, all the big heavy hitters, all the big box places that make all the money. They're controlled by BlackRock, BlackRock State Street Vanguard. Now, one single company that was owned by those major investors ever shut down and missed pretty much a single day of work in most cases, maybe one week or something from some lockdown, but that was the extent of it. But yet you had law enforcement showing up to parking lots where people were having church outside, where the pastor was literally speaking on the steps of the church and people were turning on their radios, not even rolling their windows down, turning their radios to certain frequency so they could basically hear the broadcast that he was presenting. This happened multiple times. And law enforcement started showing up and citing people and fining them for violating lockdown orders. That was unprecedented in the United States in a country that was based on Christianity. you got to understand that. I mean, that was a degree of tyranny that was unmatched. And so, again, when I read this stuff, you got to understand what they really did and how it's really important that we don't allow this to ever happen again. Because when you start seeing groups and individuals that get drunk with tyrannical power, they very rarely ever <laughs> see power willingly and let it go back. And we saw this. That's why so much of what we had to do during COVID, I told people, I said, if people don't start pushing back, it was not going to stop. The masks weren't going to stop. The vaccine mandates weren't going to stop. The lockdowns weren't going to stop. None of it was going to stop. That's why they changed the goalpost 50, 60 times. Every single week, Fauci got on television and said, well, the numbers are not low enough yet. And what's crazy about this now, there's an article here that basically is out of the UK. And this is from a whistleblower, veteran pharmacist who's now retired, Graham Atkinson. This is crazy. I read this article. It's from the United Kingdom's National Health Services. He was a pharmaceutical industrial consult that decided to quit the profession October 2021 after witnessing what the country's government was doing by ordering doctors to kill patients with drugs like mitazolam. He said, I watched while this happened. I recall the horrors he saw with his own eyes. He said, based on the presumption that outbreaks were occurring with a novel disease in care homes just prior to the first lockdown in March 2020, mitozolam and other just-in-case drugs were being administered to end the lives of possibly infected patients on purpose. He said things changed nationally in early March. Death certificate rules were changed, cremation rules were changed, and the NIC guidelines were changed. He said the NG163 guidelines, which were changed to allow those who tested positive for COVID to die more comfortably 
comfortably with a good death were then changed to allow essentially people to essentially be euthanized. And he said there were five different drugs that were called just-in-case drugs that they usually administered individuals who have terminal cancer or have things that like COPD that are essentially dying, and they essentially help with the anxiety. They take away your consciousness. They basically put you to sleep permanently with these drugs. And he said they started being ordered to give these drugs and prescribe these drugs to anyone that was elderly that tested positive for COVID, essentially killing them. And see, he watched as dozens and dozens of people were essentially killed. And I'll post this article. You can read about it. He goes into detail on it. And everything he's done is backed and documented it. That again, it shows you that was the very beginning in March 2020. Nobody even knew much of anything about COVID or what was going to be done with it or if there's any natural treatments or vitamin C. But yet they started doing this and euthanizing people. And so, again, this is why it's so important to understand absolute power corrupts absolutely and when you start allowing groups and governments to start having absolute power over what you can and can't do there's a place you got to draw a line and say absolutely no more dad what do you think how are you doing this morning morning oz morning uh, that's a pretty sober story to start with uh you know the crazy part about all of this stuff is it's real right i mean and that's it, why i want to bring it up you know if we're if we're talking about you know make-believe and fairy tales here it's one thing but we're not uh, they were killing people and they did it in our country you know using remdesivir yep and so it's just one of those deals that they knew they were going to do it. But remember what, you know, you know, what Kissinger said about the useless eaters. You know, in fact, we have all of these people that are useless eaters that are over the age of 70, I guess, over the age of 60. I guess it depends on who makes the definition. Over the age of 50, well, heck, we might as well go down to 40. If you're, yeah. if you're over the age of 40, you're, you're a useless eater. And, and see, the sad part about this is, is that, you know, who decides who's the useless eater? Well, the Kabbalist Luciferian Synagogue of Satan Luciferian group decides that. And, you know, when you understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these entities and these other realms, it all starts making more sense because you think, who's doing this? Well, we've got the shadow government that's controlled by these entities that's running the strings behind the scenes. And this pharmacist now comes out and tells you the truth that, hey, wait a minute, there's a problem here. We were using these drugs to kill people. It's like we were using remdesivir in our country to kill people. And you start thinking, well, why? Well, I, have, I know multiple people that were killed on remdesivir personally. That's just me. There are millions, some people say up to 33 million people now have been injured from COVID, either from the doggone treatment protocols that were used or from the virus itself. The sad part about it is remember who did this. This was all done under Donald Trump. Don't forget that. He's the one who brought us Operation Warp Speed. He's the one who brought us, you know, these lockdowns. He brought us all of this stuff. We can all pretend like he's not because he's doing rallies now. See, and that's the big problem that we have in the United States. It's like the whole country has ADD. Everybody has an attention span problem attention deficit disorder. And you think, well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, a lot of people out there don't want to remember history. They don't want to go back and say, who did this? What precipitated this? And now we have the you know, Supreme Court Gorsuch saying, hey, look, here's the problem. The United States did all this. And we're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. When, when, when did that happen? I mean, how, how did that happen? No, that's conspiracy theory. That's not true. No, it's true. And that's why on this show, we constantly tell you about history. We tell you what happened during World War I. We tell you about what happened in World War II. We tell you about what happened in the Civil War. And you think, well, why do you do that? Because we don't care about history. Well, you listeners, my listeners, the ones that I pray for every day, you guys care about history. Because, you know, history determines the facts of the future. And the people who win the wars in these history conflicts are the ones who write the stories and who skew the information. You, know, you think about it for a second. Thousands of years ago, we had the ability on this planet to build a Colosseum. And now you say, well, that's, that's conspiracy theory. There's no Colosseum. Okay. 
it's still there. <laughs> okay, you go back and look at the Pantheon, and you look at, and you see these giant dome spans, and how they built these things that are still standing after thousands of years. And we had the technology and the ability to build that and to build concrete that's better than concrete is today. But then what happened? Well, we went into the Dark Ages. And in the Dark Ages, the knowledge was lost. No, it wasn't. It was just suppressed. It wasn't lost. And they didn't want us to be who we were. They wanted to rule us with an iron fist. And they wanted to control us. And they didn't think the peasants deserved the right to read or to have technology or and, 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 and. And so you stop and you look at it and you go, well, what, how in the world did they build these structures that were there for thousands of years and are still here? Well, that's not true. I told you I, I went out on a very short four-minute date one time last year, and the girl was from, you know, from, you know, from uh, you know, Ukraine. And I started talking to her and asking her questions about Ukraine. And then she told me that basically uh, you know, that none of it was true that I was asking her, and I wasn't making any comments. I was just asking questions. And then I said, well, you know, I know that the bombing of Dresden was real. I know the bombing of Stuttgart was real. I know the bombing of Bremerhaven was real. My grandfather was in Germany at the time, and he watched the B-17s fly over and bomb Hamburg and Bremerhaven into a doggone, into rubble. And her response to me was, that's not true. That never happened. That was, that was the end of the day. I said good night. It was four minutes. I was done. And, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, when you have people that are that brainwashed, because remember, she was raised in a Soviet bloc country, and they're telling them, well, this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, and they believe these lies, they continue to believe the lies throughout their entire life. That's why it's so important, and we told you this a thousand times, if we've told it to you once on the show, that when a child is in a theta brainwave state from the ages of like four to nine, they don't have a filter. They believe everything you tell them. And if you tell them these things enough when they're young like that, they start to believe the lie rather than the truth. And then when you come back to them when they're 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old, and you say, by the way, what you were taught was a lie. No, it wasn't. That's the truth. I know it is. That's why it's important to instill faith in a child. That's why it's important to take children to church. That's why it's important to read the Bible with children. That's why it's important to do Bible stories with children so you could tell them the true account of historical happenings that happened thousands of years ago that were recorded before they started skewing it. Very, very important that we get this. You know, and now a political reporter on MSNBC frets that American Christian nationalists believe Americans' rights come from God, not from the government. I mean, she's pitching a little fit. Heidi, whatever her last name is, Presbalaya, a reporter from Politico, appeared on MSNBC this week and fretted as she explained that Christian nationalists believe that America's rights are granted by God and not Congress or the Supreme Court. Leaving aside her ridiculous distinction between Christian nationalists and other Christians, the rights of Americans do come from God and not the government, which anyone knows if they've read the country's founding documents. How is this person even allowed to comment on politics on TV with this level of dishonesty or stupidity? This is a perfect example of why trust in the media is in the gutter. This lady talked a lot with other experts about this, and I've seen it with my own reporting. Uh, Michael, which is that is based in the Republican Party, has shifted. Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted nothing to do with the divorced real estate mogul who cheated on his wife with a porn star and all of that. So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element we we're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic apostle reformation. These are groups that you should get to get your very school because they have a lot of power in Trump circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there are many different groups orbiting Trump. Now, I'm going to stop here and talk about this for a second, because I knew multiple people that were part of this Christian national movement that basically had been invited to the White House after Trump had taken office. 
and they were in there talking to Trump about Christian nationalism. Because remember, Trump, in my opinion, Robert David Steele, who's passed away now, he said the same thing. Trump was the accidental president. Hillary was slated by the, by the, by the, by the, by the voting machines to have won that election. She pitched such a fit that the night of the election when she lost, she started throwing tables and throwing cakes and wouldn't even talk to her founders that she got unbelievably drunk. I guess she went and passed out in the back room and did some witchcraft stuff. I don't know what she did, okay? Weirdo, nightmare, glad she wasn't there. But the landslide for Trump was not basically determined by the proper cheating in the voting machines. Just thought I'd mention this. Now, then let's roll up to 2020 with Trump and with Biden. Suddenly, they knew they had to increase the amount of algorithms as far as what Trump would get and what Biden would get. If I remember right, it was 1.2. So every one vote Trump would get, Biden would get 1.2 automatically. And what ended up happening, you know, Biden won. And 20 million people showed up that never voted before, just were fake ballots. All of this stuff happened in the last election. So now I ask you a question. If that happened in the last election, why don't you think it's going to happen in this election? Because these voting machines weren't fixed. These mail-in ballots, this whole cheating thing wasn't fixed. We still have the same problem that we had four years ago today. So I can tell you this very clearly. Whoever they want to win is going to win. This stuff is fixed. Remember what Stalin said. It doesn't matter who you vote for. It only matters on who counts, counts the, the ballots. Okay? So remember this as you basically go to the polls and you go back and you say, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And, and, and that's what we need to realize is that you know, we as Christians, as believers in Christ, we have tremendous authority and power. That's why they want us out of the market. They want us everywhere. They want us gone. That's why, like Austin said earlier, the casinos were left open during COVID so they could take your money. The churches were closed so that you could not worship God in you know, a church. And if you were in a parking lot in a car with your windows rolled up listening to it on the radio, you were fined, cited, or arrested in some cities. That's how crazy the Democratic cities were as far as arresting people who had absolutely no ability to spread anything sitting in a car with the windows rolled up. But it didn't matter. They, just, they deemed it so, and they decided to arrest people. Look at, look at that Gretchen nightmare. and how they, they arrested those guys, those nationalists who were going to kidnap her, and it all ended up being an FBI plot. Well, none of it was even real. All of this stuff is all done to you to try to force you to give up your rights that God gave you, regardless of what this nutbag is saying. These are inalienable rights. They were granted to us by God Almighty. And if we think that we can give those away, then we're going to fall right into the trap of these people. If you think these rights come from the United States government or from the Supreme Court, you're absolutely wrong. They do not. Now, one thing I want to cover, too, of this, and this is, this is an interesting thing. We now have another cruise ship that's basically sitting out off the coast that has cholera on it. Now, Brits among thousands of passengers stuck in quarantine on the Norwegian Dawn Liner floating aimlessly off the coast of Africa after it was barred from docking in Mauritius because of cholera. British holiday makers are among 2,200 passengers stuck aboard this Norwegian trip. Now, let me say something to you. Years ago, I guess it was 2010, 2013, I can't remember, it's been at least 10 years ago, we went on a trip down to South America, and we went on a ship, it was the uh, Holland America Line, which I highly do not recommend. I do not recommend this cruise line whatsoever. And the ship was filthy, and you know there were plates and dishes sitting all over the table after people ate, wasn't being cleaned up. I found hair in my food multiple times. It was awful, and I, in fact, I wrote an article on it. You know, this is a death ship, don't sail. It's still posted on our website. You can read it. I actually lost seven pounds on this cruise because I was scared to eat because of hair in the food. It was hideous. This, whole, this was a nightmare. Last cruise ship we ever went on. And, and after that, Sharon told me, I'm not doing any more cruise. I've had enough of this. 
you know, but think about it for a second. We ended up having that normal virus hit the ship. This is way before COVID. And people were having projectile vomiting in the hallways. Now, remember, you're on a ship. You can't get off. You can't just jump overboard and say, I'm stopping here. I'm getting out of this mess. Well, you, you can jump overboard. It's just well, not recommended. Not find your body. <laughs> but we were going into, we, but taxi cabs were refusing to let people ride in their taxis in certain cities. You know, it happened in Grand Caymans. We can't, you know, this is a death ship. You can't get off. The, we don't want to touch you. They, there, there were no taxis. You have to walk everywhere, which is okay because Cayman's small. But the problem was, is it was, inc- then, 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 then the CDC shows up when we get there in Miami and they're pulling corpses off the boat. Center for Disease Control is there. I mean, projectile vomiting in the hallways. I mean, it was like a nightmare. Every time you turn around, every 15 feet, they're giving you like, you know, hand ointment to put more isopropyl alcohol into your skin to try to sterilize everything. Because people simply don't know how to wash their hands. That's the bottom line. People go to the bathroom and they just be graphic and they poop and they get poop on their hands when they wipe their bottoms and they walk around with poop on their hands. They don't wash their hands and now they're touching doorknobs. I remember one time at Florida State, it was a biochemical genetics lab. We actually were given Petri dishes and wet Q-tips with distilled water and we swabbed doorknobs and elevator buttons. We went around the entire Conradi building, which has been torn down now, probably a good thing. And we basically found poop on every surface we were able to raise fecal coliform. To this day, after taking that class, I never touch an elevator button with my hands. I'll use like a napkin and touch it or a handrail or anything. Anything that's publicly touched, don't touch because people don't wash the poop off their hands after they use the bathroom. And that's one of the ways COVID was spread was through fecal coliform. So be very, very careful. So do I recommend any cruise ships at this point in my life? <laughs> uh, actually, no. Holland American absolutely never, ever would I sail that ship again. And then on top of that, the captain was like a nightmare. I talk about that in the doggone. He was kept throwing people off the ship all the time. And I remember one time he actually called me to his office. I was going to get thrown off the ship. Called me to his office, and he's just chewing me out because one of my kids had gone to their club one time without permission. And I get called to the doggone, you know, captain's quarters to basically be, I guess, evicted off the ship. And he's just chewing me out. And finally, uh, he looked at me and he says, what do you have to say for yourself? And I said, du hast recht, which means you're right. But she went without permission. He says, I thought you were an American. You're speaking German to me. I said, well, my parents, my mom was German. And I said, du hast recht. And he said, oh, oh, oh. He didn't know what to do. And so he says, go back to your room. I don't want to hear any more about this. I just, I'm like, I'm talking about 12-year-old, chastising. I'm surprised he didn't get the redwood paddle out and spank me, Austin. And I mean, just, no, it's ridiculous because all he wanted to do was throw me off the boat. And, uh, and that didn't let me, you know, it was like four days before the end of the ship. And I thought to myself, in this case, the pen or the podcast will be mightier than the sword because I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to stop talking about this for decades to come. And here I am again doing this on the show today. So thought you'd enjoy this. <laughs> don't sail Holland America. How about that, Captain? You probably don't even work for them anymore, but yet your legacy lives on. What do you think, Austin? What's your next show? Well, topic? Cruise ships are one of those yeah finicky things. I knew I, I went on. I took the kids for their first cruise. Um, couple months back, uh, a little ways back for a kid, for one of our friends' bir- birthday parties for their kids. And we took our kids. It was a three-night, four-day cruise. And it was okay. I mean, it was, it was very – ever since COVID, from what I've been told and what I personally saw as well, the, uh, the cleaning and the requirements and stuff they have on the cruise ships are much more strict than they were back then as far as – I mean, they, they like – Everything is scrubbed down like all the time. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad yeah. they got rid of the feces. That's yeah. good. <laughs> to the best of the knowledge. 
Uh, but I mean, it still is a cruise. I was like, whatever. The kids had fun. But you know, something like that. You know, going on a you know three four day one. I think that's something you could probably get away with as long as you go on a good one. But as far as going on these long ones, not Holland America. Yeah, that, going, going on these ones that for you know a week two three weeks long. That that's going to be a hard pass for me. I still I don't like being on a boat that long. I'm not you know we're not in the Navy here. <laughs> it's a long trip. Yes, yes. I'm not getting paid. I'm paying money to go on it, so I'm not really trying to stay on it that long. Also, too, in other news, this is funny because I'm brought this up. And this goes to show you exactly what happens when consumers vote with the dollar. And Automotive News' first report on this now is Ford has now halted shipments of all F-150 Lightning pickup trucks for undisclosed quality control issues after massively slashing production just weeks ago, again, for the EV model due to sliding demand. Ford spokesman did not explain any reason behind the quality check, did not disclose anything as far as with quality control, but said that all shipments of lightnings have been halted. And even with shipment pauses, production of lightnings basically have been massively reduced. Now, I haven't been able to get any type of full-term you know, disclosure on this. You guys know I've been in the automotive industry for years. I know a lot of people in it. I've asked a few guys about this, and nobody seems to know anything, even at the dealerships about what the actual quality control issue is, if there is any, if it's not just electrical battery power. I know these trucks have been plagued with issues. However, what I do know for a fact, and I've heard this from two different Ford dealerships, is that they have been literally telling Ford they will not take any more F-150 Lightnings on delivery and allocations. And Ford has been demanding that these dealerships take more of them on allocation, even though the dealerships are sitting on sometimes 40 and 50, 60 of these trucks at a time, that they have to make sure are able to stay charged up and maintained while they're sitting on the lot, and they start to pay paying floor plan on them after 75 days, which is usually around 8% right now as far as floor plan percentage. Dealerships not. They're, they are literally going in and putting $7,500 federal rebates on them. The dealerships are putting sometimes upwards of $10,000 Ford manufacturer rebates on them, plus they're giving them all the holdback money and selling them an invoice just to move these trucks. So they're discounting these trucks in some cases $20,000 to try to move them, and they still are sitting on the lot. This is because people in consumer markets vote with their dollars if they are really concerned about something. This is why it's so important to make sure you do that research before you start buying stuff or supporting stuff that you don't know fully about. I want to add one thing in this. Imagine what the resale is going to be on a, on a car that has to be discounted $25,000 to sell it. And now the car weighs close to $60,000. You're buying it for $35,000. Let's yeah. say they're going to come back and tell you it's worth ten. dollars Yeah. Well, that, we've already seen this now yeah. with Tesla. No, it's, it's just, no, you've got to trade Tesla back into Tesla. You can't get any money. No, Tesla's that. already been doing this now repeatedly when they've been dropping MSRPs, you know, ten dollars and $15,000 on their cars. That's exactly right. Dealerships do not touch them. I've, I talked to a guy, uh, one of the dealerships, I told you it was like about a year ago, and he had a guy come in there with some loaded up model. It was like $60,000 new. The guy paid for it. Tesla has been discounting the truck. They offered him $22,000. It was a year old. $22,000 they offered. He lost, paid 64. Lost 80% of yeah. the value one year. Wait, wait a minute. He didn't 70%. wreck it. He didn't wreck it. He didn't do anything to the car. He literally drove the car for one year, put like 10,000 miles on it. And so this is what happens with these vehicles that have a very, very short life term span because the majority of people that are looking at these vehicles now are realizing they're not, A, long-term sustainable, B, they have no resale value, C, in most cases, if there's any problems with them, the entire car has to get rebuilt because the batteries, the car is built around the batteries. And it's at the same time now that the Biden administration has now said that they're going to tell the EPA to ease emission regulations due to the fact that essentially the policy adjustment is over concerns that major automotive makers and law and labor unions are coming 
about or basically um, complaining about the sliding EV demand, recently prompting companies to essentially reduce EV production. They're saying now that what they're going to do is they're not going to require manufacturers to meet these uh, emission requirements and sale requirements until after 2030. So they're still trying to push this retarded agenda to force people into this market, but they're now giving it another three to four year grace period now after the Biden administration has essentially ruined the market with what they did. Now, now here's the million dollar question that I have to put together here. If the alleged climate crisis is so horrific, everything's going to blow up in the next year or two unless we stop driving cars, period. Everything has to go EV. If the radicals in the White House are talking about how all this stuff has to be done immediately in order to stop climate change, why are they so quick to change the goalpost when simply the sales start being reduced on EV vehicles? Why are they not holding the line? Election. To push everything. The election, and because you guys already know, this entire thing with the climate change agenda is nothing more than another COVID 2.0, so to speak, power grab to try to change and force people in order to do what they're telling them to do and make them go in the direction they want them to go with vehicles. I told you the F-150 Lightning, I drove that one that my buddy got. I couldn't stand the truck. It's super weird to drive. It's quick. It has some power to it. It has no range. You put a trailer on it, and there's three cameras that stare at you on the dash the whole entire time. Stare at you. We'll record everything, your body language, what you're doing, if you're distracted. And I said, this is insane. I said, the regular vehicles on the market are already monitored enough. Now I got to have cameras inside my vehicle staring at me while I drive to make sure I'm not driving distracted. What happens if I am distracted? <laughs> well, what are you going to do about it? You're going to shut the car down and arrest me now? I look out the window in a different direction. I don't stare straight ahead the entire time. You're going to send law enforcement to pull the vehicle over? At what degree, and it's exactly like Supreme Court justice said with COVID, at what degree do you stop consenting and you stop allowing a tyrannical government to keep telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, and how long you can do it for? Reach the million-dollar question because it's the same concept that we've seen now with these gun control measures. The concept of restricting law-abiding citizens from basically being able to own firearms is the same concept of saying sober drivers aren't allowed to drive vehicles because drunk drivers have killed people. So even though people that don't drink at all, you're not allowed to drive a car anymore because drunk people got in a car and killed somebody. That's the same concept. And what's crazy about this now, this administration that's so far-fetched as far as what they're allowing, a three-judge panel in Boston, which was led by Obama appointee Judge William Kahiti Jr., overruled a lower court opinion two weeks ago in which they said that Mexico could continue with their $10 billion lawsuit against U.S.-based firearm manufacturers Ruger, Smith & Wesson, Glock, Barrett, and Beretta. Those are the top heavy hitter firearm manufacturers in the United States and also with Austria and Europe, but they would Glock, but they also have the U.S. base. The lawsuit, of course, is a win-win for the U.S. government and the Mexican drug cartel and the Mexican government who are clearly colluding against the gun industry. It's a quick money grab for Mexico with snazzy headlines suggesting the inept government is fighting for the safety of the people. And the ruling, it's ironic because they're saying now that they have the ability, Mexico now has the ability to sue the gun manufacturers who they claim these manufacturers have allowed their weapons to kill Mexican citizens because of their products. 
Congress passed lawsuit preemption laws in place, and they're there to protect American companies for this exact same situation with this tort-based nonsense. Under U.S. law, if a gun is defective, the company can be sued and damages are covered. But gun companies cannot be sued if people use it in a criminal or negligent capacity. The same concept goes with automobile manufacturers or baseball bat companies or (laughs) companies that manufacture chains. You're now saying that companies can sue Glock because a criminal got a hold of a gun illegally and used the gun illegally. And what this is going back to, this is funny because this is all stemming back down to Operation Fast and Furious, which was ATF working with the Department of Justice to run machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartel in the whole uh, guys that we're going to catch drug cartels. And we're going to track the purchases of these guns, which they never did. They lost all of them, allegedly. And then turned around, and you had Border Patrol agent Brian Terry get killed with one of the AKs that they sold. You had an ignored contempt of Congress charge against U.S. Attorney General Holder, Eric Holder. You had no arrest whatsoever with drug cartels, essentially. And then you found those 50 caliber weapons at the El Chapo compound five years later. And, oh, that hey, but we're suing Barrett now. We're suing Barrett because El Chapo got 50 calibers from ATF. This is nuts, and this is one of the reasons why this is a topic and this is a line that I think a lot of people in the patriot community and the and basically individuals who have worked in government that have gotten out of it and retired military have realized the gun control debate and the compromising of gun control and basically going along with more gun control confiscation and restrictions is a line in the sand that can never be crossed with the U.S. population. Because if you already see what the government did during COVID, what they've done with all these other operations, and you think – that it's going to somehow get better with their behavior if they disarm us. My gosh, I got some amazing, you know, waterfront, beachfront property in Utah to sell you. That's right on the Gulf of Mexico. If you're coming up with stupid comments to make, this is one of them. And so, again, allowing the Mexican government to now sue gun manufacturers for ATS actions is insane to me, Dad. Well, you know, again, it's for your protection. Yeah. Your protection. I mean, I mean, we can, the baseball bats, they got to go. Yeah. Because, I mean, the only way you can protect somebody from getting beaten with a baseball bat, you got to take everybody's bats away. Correct. I mean, the only way you can protect somebody against COVID is you have to take the injection because their vaccine didn't work for them. Right. And so you have to make their vaccine work by you taking the injection. Remember they told you? Yeah, if, if you don't get your shot, my shot doesn't work. I mean, just, just quite frankly, asinine arguments. And, and, you know, it's sad to me when I stop and listen to this because, I mean, it's for, it's for your protection. Fork's got to go. You have to eat yeah. with your hands. Uh, boy, wait a minute, hands got to go, too, because you can make a fist. you got to cut your hands well, off. Well, they've already too. done this in the U.K. as far as with knife restrictions. Oh, yeah. You can't carry a blade on you. It can't be a certain size. Oh, no, no, no. no. It, just, it gets <laughs> to the point. Human beings make stupid mistakes, and he, some human beings are just mean. Some human beings are just horrible, and it doesn't matter what they use. They're going to find something to beat somebody else with, whether it's a stick or, or a, a baseball rock. bat or a rock. I mean, you know, people have been killing each other with rocks. You read the Old Testament and New Testament, stoning people to death for thousands of years. So now we have to ban all rocks. rocks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it never ends. If you and touch so, rock, it's illegal. See, this is why the Constitution gave us the right to bear arms. Correct. Because it didn't want these rights taken away from us because they're God-given rights of self-defense, yep. period. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, these entities on the other side of the veil, apparently when they're in human form or they're inhabiting a human body, uh, they can be killed. With a 50 caliber Barrett, which kills pretty much everything, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just it, it's just what it does. Uh, so so they want all of this stuff off the market, and they're planning on doing that. They're, they're planning on taking all of it off the market. They're trying to take those rights away. So you have to ask yourself a question: Who pushed red flag gun laws to every member of Congress and had their daughter call every member of Congress up trying to push red flag gun laws? 
oh, that wasn't a trick question, nor was it rhetorical. I'm going to answer it now. It was Donald Trump. Always remember that. Rhetoric is one thing. Actions are another. Think through what he did and what he said he was going to do. And you say, well, he's better than Joe Biden. Yeah, because Joe Biden is completely senile. I mean, anybody's better than Joe Biden. I can run a dog in place of Joe Biden and have a better person as the president because it doesn't make any difference. Joe Biden, nor Obama, nor Trump, when it comes to the highest levels, makes any decisions. I'll never forget this. I remember when George Bush, W, the dumb one, met with Barack Obama in the White House. And I remember Barack Obama walks in there, you know, all cocky like he is, and he basically strutting into the White House, him and his male wife. Oh, excuse me, that was Joan Rivers' comment, not mine. Well, it's kind of mine now, too. But the point was, that's Michael, by the way. And what was funny about this is he comes walking back out a few hours later. His head was down. His shoulders were slumped forward. Boy, done got the talk. He knew who ran the yeah. country. He understood who it was. And see, when you understand what happens, Donald Trump didn't understand in the beginning because he was the accidental president. When he finally understood six or eight months into office, he stopped meeting with the clergy people. He stopped meeting with the, the, the evangelicals who were basically you know, patriots. He stopped meeting with all of them. I know one of them who actually made the cover of a magazine who had his hand on him, praying for him in the Oval Office. And suddenly all of it stopped, and Trump started marching to the beat of the drum they wanted him to march to. Always remember that. These people are put into position of power, and there's enough stuff to blackmail them on that can put them in prison or death sentence in some cases. Not Trump. I'm not saying that with Donald, but the, all this underage stuff. Who knows what happened with him and him, his buddy Jeffrey Epstein? All of these things happen to a lot of people in Congress, including drugs and alcohol. And like I said in that article I read earlier, you know, having sex with porn stars, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things are out there with real evidence that's been covered up and real lawsuits that have been suppressed to put certain people into position of power to allow us to vote for them as Christian nationalists. But then the reality is, who do we need to vote for? Question, isn't it? Here's how I look at it. My vote goes to Jesus Christ, who's the author, who's the finisher, who's effective faith. Now a lot of you are going, well, you're being silly now. No, I'm not. If we pray in aggregate, like I say we should pray all of the time, and we tell the pastors in the pulpit to do their job, quite frankly, just to do their job, we will learn very, very quickly that we can change the fabric of space-time, including our people in this country, including these justices, including these people in Congress, including the shadow government, very, very quickly if people simply start telling the truth about who God is and who really runs the world. And we expose this. Who's behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz? Which we do that all the time on this show. We tell you, Sabbatain, Kabbalist, Lucifer, and Synagogue of Satan. They run the planet because they answer to their head honcho, Lucifer. All of this stuff is out there, but they want, they want to keep it suppressed. That's why they give us the divide. That's why they give us the polarity, the left versus the right. you got the guy on the white horse, who's supposed to be Donald Trump, riding against the guy on the black horse, who's supposed to be Biden, which is, he, he actually makes a pretty good villain. We talked about that earlier with Klaus Schwab and the rest of these from James Bond and how they give us these villains to hate. All of this is part of the narrative to control the population who doesn't remember what happened last week. They forget they were locked down. They forget they were forced to wear masks on planes. They forget that their children were forced to be vaccinated against their wills. They forget all the stuff. Now a doctor is now warning that WHO pandemic treaty includes gain-of-function data sharing. So he's warning everybody that this is not good because they're going to be making stronger and stronger and stronger drugs and stronger and stronger and stronger in, in vaccinations because we're in, the, we're in the petri dish experiment down here on this planet, if you want to call it a planet. I call it more of a realm, Earth, okay? which is what we're in right now. It was interesting, in 1940, so young, for 1947, this is, you know, it's a long time ago, 
Edward Albert Meyer had already been shown future events that were clearly not upon us. Now, whether this is true or not, I don't know, but here's what he said. All of this will inevitably happen while waves of refugees and their millions will be unleashed and already underway. He supposedly had met with some ETs, reaching far into the South America, into America, into Africa, the Orient, the Middle East, the USA, and Europe as their destination, particularly sought out and targeted as wealthy states. Europe in particular will be overrun by floods of refugees because it is regarded everywhere in the third world countries as the states where milk and honey flow. This is what is happening right now. He's warned us that this stuff was going to happen because he supposedly met with these ETs, and they told him what they're going to do. Now, the ETs would be the demons or the fallen angels or whatever. Now, whether or not all of this stuff is true or not, I don't know. But the point is this. It's happening right now as waves of millions of people pour into the United States. Austin and I were talking right before the show started. We've got another subdivision going in over on a crocodile, oh, excuse me, alligator, I mean, whoops, <laughs> giant reptile-infested lake called Lake Maddie. This is like... They've never put subdivisions on this lake for no, a reason. No, because it's just, it's a reptile sanctuary in which they have big crocs, um, alligators. And the only difference, by the way, between an alligator and a crocodile is the teeth open up on the outside of the mouth versus the inside of the mouth when they shut their mouth. Just crocodiles get slightly larger. They haven't seen these boys down there. Like <laughs> We've got some big old. ones. They've got, what is that one? It was, was six meters long. They got here a while back is what they said. Yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, so, I mean, so these are some big animals. I mean, so crocs may get longer because they got to live longer in the wild rather than alligators who we tried to hunt to extinction here back 100 years good ago riddance. in Florida. But good riddance. But the reality is you give these alligators another 100 years to grow. Oh, yeah. I bet they'll rival the crocs. But, the, but, the, <laughs> but we, I love these alligators. I, I, there's certain things that I loathe on this planet. One's a crocodile, one's an alligator, over the, age, over the size of three feet. Three feet's okay. They're not going to mess with you. They get to be 12, 14, 16, 18 feet long. They don't really care what you're carrying as far as if you've got a blade on you. They don't think much about that. Now, if you've got a 50 caliber Barrett, again, they're trying to ban all those, they don't probably want to deal with that either. But the reality is, is that these are apex predators, and you let them live long enough, they go up to a couple hundred years, they're going to be huge again. We're going to be dealing with reptiles the size of small dinosaurs, which we already have here in Florida. So, again, this is a, another campaign to bring less and less tourists into Florida because these things are real, and I, I highly recommend, unless they start giving tags for Lake Maddie, that nobody lives on that lake. It is a swamp. But it doesn't really matter, does it? There's land to be had, so they're building another 800 homes on the way to I-4 on a two-lane road, including the other thousands of homes they've already built here. So we will be in a parking lot gridlock within five to ten years here because the county decided it didn't want to afford a four-lane or six-lane highway to the interstate. So here we sit in a mess with bad planning again. What do you think, Austin, and what do you think about you hunt crocodiles? I mean, alligators. Alligators, I love killing them. <laughs> you love killing them. <laughs> well, and you're right, though. You made a valid point. One of the reasons why crocodiles, in some cases, probably get a little larger is they're heavily protected, especially down there in Australia and stuff. They're protected down here in Florida, too. You can't get crocodile tags. We do have saltwater crocs here in Florida. They're just rare. Um, but gators, we hunt them just incessantly on, for good reason. <laughs> so you're right. You know, if you, if, if you took the limit off gator hunts and gator tags and you stopped letting them get hunted at all, they'd probably get pretty doggone big another 40, 50 They years. don't stop growing. They don't stop the reptiles. It's so, yeah, they're just uh, – they're, they're an interesting animal. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of it sometimes when I hear people talk about stuff online. They go, well, you know, that's – you shouldn't do that. They're in their habitat. Or they're doing this or doing that. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you have one in your pool and he's 10, 12 feet long in your backyard and, you know, that's 
your habitat now. I've got a real problem with people giving me advice on what I can and can't do when you've got those things in your water. Well, now they're down in the Everglades. Now, look, now if they're in the Everglades. Oh, yeah. Who well, that's cares? what they don't give tags usually for the Everglades. Because well, who cares? Okay. That's they all protected get, the, the, area. The, 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 these alligators now, crocodiles, whoever's down the saltwater crocs, they're dealing with anacondas. Yeah. <laughs> they're dealing with boas. They're dealing with all kinds of horribly large snakes that like to eat the baby alligators. And until the alligator gets full grown, they're prey to these snakes. Yeah. So there's a so this is like a reptile garden down there in the Everglades. Now. Oh, it so, is. So if they all want to go eat each other, that's fine. The problem with it is, is that alligators walk, and snakes crawl, and they don't just stay in the Everglades. They like that's to true. migrate <laughs> to the canals and rivers <laughs> of Florida. Well, they, anyhow, we'll, we'll show, let's, just, let's do something. Yeah. No. And, and you know, going going back to what you're you're talking about earlier with some stuff as far as what we're seeing now with. This concept with this unfettered immigration, what we've seen now with push for gun laws, all these things they constantly push up all the time. It kind of brings me back to that old comment, you know, the, the quote from the movie Fury. And they're talking, and he goes, ideals are peaceful, the history is violent. You know, they always want to present these things to us all the time. Like this is a peaceful thing to do. It's going to be healthy. It's going to be safe. It's for your protection. It's what it's what's good for you. It's it's peaceful. But then you realize that everything at some point in time always comes to its base violence and it's sad because you know anybody that's ever capable of violence always understands that that is the last the last resort at any point in time that's true it's always the last resort but you understand that for some odd reason a lot of these groups they like to push everyone to that limit until they find that breaking point where people that know how to be violent take that route and that's why they're doing everything they can to not only demonize individuals as far as that speak up to arrest individuals that protest that take away firearm rights away from law-abiding citizens you realize that those same people have a very very big agenda you know the theatrics we've seen down at the southern border has been nothing short of that it's been pure theatrics you know the the civil war theater that we talked about a couple of weeks ago now as we started to realize that whole thing's been theater you know, the, the fence that went up on the, the border wall that's been going up has all these giant doors that can be opened up, and they're all open and chained open now for water flow, apparently. Everything down there has been theater. And now I was reading an article here now that came about that discussed how the uh, journalist Whitney Webb put this out. This is very interesting a couple weeks ago. And they said that big tech is now getting a contract for a smart wall. It was actually first funded by Trump that's now continuing under Biden as continuing funding the project. The, the study was published. Trump administration hires tech firm to build a virtual border wall. This is back in 2020, and this now basically coming to fruition. They said now that this major security contractor, the California technology startup, is going to use artificial intelligence, facial recognition, pairing the giant steel barrier with a virtual wall to prevent illegals from crossing over. The contract now between U.S. Border Control Protection and Andurla Industries calls for the company to deploy hundreds of solar-powered mobile surveillance towers designed to operate in rugged locations with camera and thermal imaging that will detect moving objects and feed artificial intelligence systems capable of distinguishing among animals, humans, and vehicles, sending the location and mapping information right to the cell phones of U.S. Border Protection patrol agents so they can basically pilot the program and go out there and go detain people as they've basically been picked up. <laughs> this whole thing is not only another guise to bring in more facial recognition and more AI into everything, it's complete theater. 
Border Patrol already uses drones. They already use thermal imaging. They already use night vision. And Border Patrol's already maxed to their gourd right now trying to handle the influx of individuals. They already know the major places that are huge holes in the wall. There's already been videos that are posted online on YouTube interviewing people while they're coming across the border through holes in the fence where razor wires just pushed away. They already know where all these areas are. And in my opinion, this, again, is going to be something that's going to be used as an expansion of the police state to start having more and more surveillance, more facial recognition, more thermal imaging, more control, more monitoring. Because I promise you, this company and these these tools that they're using, this whole pilot wall system, this AI virtual wall, isn't going to stay just at the border. This is going to expand. I guarantee you it's going to expand. And this is interesting because I haven't really heard much about this in the last couple of years, but apparently they've been developing it and working on it. And we already know this technology is not going to be used just by the border control. The next thing you'll start having the CIA and the military. And then what happens when they start getting a hold of it, the military, they start having grants with DHS and the U.S. police departments and the state troopers and the sheriffs start getting this technology. We watched that uh, after the Iraq war. When DHS under Obama started using all these funds to bring in MRAP vehicles, night vision, machine guns, and all this other grant money to local law enforcement so they can start getting these basically giant MRAPs. You guys have seen them now. You guys know what they are. They're monstrous. We got them in our local sheriff's department. They have like five of them. They're unbelievably expensive to maintain. They're really cool. They're cool. Don't get me wrong. The level of protection that they provide for law enforcement and military is unmatched. But at the end of the day – you got to start asking yourself a question. How much military equipment is okay for local law enforcement to be using on civilians? That's why they local military local law enforcement has drones now. You guys remember the one they used that door breacher they used to kill a guy that was a barricaded suspect with a drone. When you start going down this rabbit hole and you start allowing drone strikes and drones to be used essentially against civilians, even if they're bad guys, you start blurring that line because, again, what happens when – the government or local law enforcement or anybody else says, oh, now you're a bad guy. Mama did it. Yeah. Now you're saying things online that make you a bad guy. Now we're doing a drone strike on you. Now we're using this equipment on you. So, again, it's that finicky line where you start realizing once it starts expanding and going that route, it's very difficult to come back from just like the Supreme Court justice said with COVID. When you start having these things occur and you start having all these lockdowns and restrictions and violations of your rights, it's very rare the government cedes it back to the people unless it's taken back or people start having what's called civil disobedience, which in my opinion is very important in some cases. Which is kind of what happened with the F-150 Lightning. Everybody said no more. Yeah. The dealership said no more. The dealership said no more. They, they so won't now, take any allocations election year. So, I mean, so they're trying to force stuff that nobody wants, and the dealerships are going to go bankrupt over this because of floor plans. Oh, yeah. Now they're to give these 8% interest yeah. on floor no, plans. It, it's crazy. Uh, I want to share one thing with us real quick. I've got a friend of mine who owns a house here in central Florida, and he's is part of a trust, and he's got four people on the deed with him, yeah. him and his three sisters and brothers, et cetera. And one of these guys is basically a drug addict. Okay. And they have shut the power off to the house. They've shut the water off to the house, but he refuses to leave the drug addict. And he has a group of his friends in there that are all basically crackheads. So it's turned to a crack house. So it's a crack house with no running water, no electricity. And they lay around on mattresses all day, basically getting high. Now, the problem is this friend went to the police department to try to get his brother out and they won't do it. And because the brother owns the property, he's on the deed. And he has the right to give permission to all these other people who he wants to have in the house, and they can stay there as long as they want to because he's on the deed. Oh, gosh. Now, i got to give the credit to the police department because they're following the law, and that's okay. But that's another giant gaping hole in the law. Now, here's an article. 
Squatters are taking over homes all over the nation on an industrial scale and turning them into dens of crime. And they're talking about Atlanta right now. There's 1,200 homes in Atlanta area right now that have been taken over by squatters who one of these squatters apparently at one point in time had permission to be in this house. And so what they do is I give you permission, Austin, to be in the house over here. Okay, well, now you move in. I've got permission from one of the owners or from one of the leasors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or leasees. So what ends up happening is now I want you out, but now before I can get you out, I give you permission get, to somebody right. else. You give permission to another 10 people to come in here. And when you do that, what happens is you end up basically giving somebody else permission. Well, now they evict you, but you've got permission. So now you've got four more friends in here. And what they do is this. They charge everybody rent who are illegals. That's who's doing this right now. Not so much the drug people, the illegals are, because they're coming in by the millions and they have no place to live. That's why these housing developments are going up everywhere. So what happens, I remember I had this lady who I used to know. Her name was Frances. She's passed away now. And she wanted to buy a fish camp that was basically older cottages that were on a lake. And she told me, she goes, oh, I want to buy the fish camp. She goes, and I said, why? She goes, well, there's 12 or 15 cottages on that property, and I can lease it out or rent it out to 10 or 12 people per cottage for like $100 a week each. Who are all illegals? I never told you the story. You yeah. know, you knew who Francis was. Yeah. And and uh, and so it was interesting. I said, "You're going to really do this?" She goes, "Oh yeah." She goes, "They make a fortune doing that because you can't get maybe five or six hundred dollars a month in rent for these tacky cottages. But if you charge everybody a hundred dollars a week per week, and they're working picking groves or picking strawberries or picking whatever, she goes, you can keep these things packed out, and if they don't pay, you just throw them out." And she goes, "In that way, I'm able to generate thousands of dollars a month per squatting refugee per, squat, per, 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 per yeah. cottage." So so in other words, you bring a family in. You put them in a bedroom, and you charge them $100 a week or $200 a week. We bring another family in another bedroom, another family. And what does that do to the infrastructure? What does it do to the septic tank system? Yeah. What does it do to the water system? What does it do? And what does it do to the neighborhood? Now you got 15 people living in a house or 20 people living in a house, and you see with Dr. Shivago. It's very interesting. He had a beautiful home. This is the movie that was done back in the 60s. And he had a beautiful home. He was a, he was a physician, and they – they constricted him into the military to basically take care of troops. They stole him. They did. They, they hijacked him. They, they basically locked him up and said, you're going to kill everybody if you don't go with us. And what he did is he came back to his house four or five years later after the war was getting finished, and he had 60 people living in the house, 60. And he walked in, and they had left him his bedroom. And they said, you don't need a house like this. We put 60 people in this house now. And these people had the rights now to be in that house, and they were adamant that they were going to stay there, and he couldn't do anything about it. This is what communism is. This is how they overwhelm the social infrastructure. Yep. This is why Auburndale is now saying we don't have the sewage capacity, the water capacity to handle this. Well, why didn't they think about that before they issued the permits? Oh, we brought this up in numerous county okay. commissioners. Well, you know, suddenly we can't handle the sewage. Suddenly we can't handle the water. You know, we have a lift station close to our house. It's broken down all the time. And you think, well, why are they doing this? Well, they have political pressure brought upon them in many cases. And what ends up happening is these people end up in a situation where they're trying to appease enough other people that have money in the area. Big money. Remember, remember what that former county commissioner told me? He said, if these people want to have that built in your neighborhood, it doesn't matter if every single person in the county shows up and protests, they will still get it passed. Yep. He told me he said that, that personally. And the same crazy part about this is, is that when they have that kind of power and authority over a neighborhood or over a city or over a county, they get done what they want to have done. So if they want to bring in another 100,000 illegal immigrants into our town and put 25 or 30 people per house, 
the, the sheriff's department, the police department, they don't have the ability to come in and evict these people. It has to go through the court system. What does that do? That's Cloward and Piven. It overwhelms the public yep. service, the public court systems, well, everything. Well, remember, I, I, I talked to my buddy who's in the sheriff's department, and he said that our local local law enforcement, now they've had to hire enormous amount of more law enforcement. We, law enforcement presence for Auburndale has gotten huge. We start have a couple cops, and there was like virtually no crime. And they left you alone. They, they, they left you alone. Now it's like they're they're doing police stops. They're doing tickets. They're pulling everybody over for everything now because they've got to basically cover their cost of their budget now with all these cops they had to add on sure. because they said that the crime now has been exploding. There's a place basically that's a, um, uh, a lake area. It's like a park area, and they have to have multiple law enforcement out there every single day now with essentially having police presence because what's happened is now these groups, and they're primarily Puerto Rican and primarily balanced from South America that have moved here, they come in and they start having massive fights there every single day. Just start breaking bottles at each other, having all these fights. The other day, they had some massive drug bust with a whole Puerto Rican ring as far as it was running drugs and fentanyl through Auburndale. Do Auburndale. That was like seven people got arrested. I was reading about it the other day. And so what's happened is now these groups have been moving into all these major areas, and it's not getting better. It's getting much worse. And at the same time, that is why I've said if it is to be, it's up to you. You can't rely on anybody to come and save you. Even, even good law enforcement will tell you. You, you, you need to be on your own. You need to know how to survive on your own. You need to know how to defend things on your own. Know how to fight. Know how to gun. Know how to run. Know how to handle situations that you need to handle them because your family's protection is up to you. It's not up to anybody else. And that's a concept that a lot of people, I think, are starting to grasp now, Dad, because at the end of the day, nobody's coming to save you. It's up to you. Well, a few weeks ago, one of our neighbors called me up, and they had somebody staring in their window when their wife yeah, was taking, I heard, taking I remember that, bath. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? This is Auburndale. This doesn't happen. But we got the whole group of illegals across the street living. Here's what it says. Squatters are ruining entire neighborhoods in Atlanta. And police response to evict is so slow. Some homeowners are actually paying these people to leave. Brazen yeah. squatters even opened an illegal strip club on a property they had, op- uh, they had taken over. In other words, they're in a house in a neighborhood with a strip club. One of the 1,200 <laughs> homes have been squatted in the city, according to one of the National Home, Home Council. I'd be terrified in Atlanta to lease out one of my properties, Matt Ubernski said, who manages a local home cleaning company, told Bloomberg. That, and this, but see, this is, what the, this is what the Democrats, the Kabbalists, the Luciferians, the communists, the synagogue of Satan, the absolute weirdos who can't think their way out of a wet paper box, box with a razor blade, they, they don't understand that when they bring this into their neighborhoods, it affects them too. Oh, yeah, it affects and then, everybody. And then, and then they start screaming, I can't believe this is happening in my own neighborhood. Well, dummy, it was your fault you did it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'll close it up. <laughs> well, well said on that. Hey guys, my friends, thank you for getting the truth out there every day. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Lots of big topics. We've got a bunch of hell topics. We're going to go over tomorrow, too. I've got all kinds of stuff I didn't even get covered today. The show went by really fast. So thank you again for the support of Health Masters. You know where to get a hold of us, 1-800-726-1834. The super potent E on sale right now for product of the week, over 10% off. Also, a few other things like the Maximum Energy Kit, the Healthy Testosterone Support Kit, which is a really big kit. That's on sale for 15% off. That'll be on for the next couple of days, and it's going to be changed into another one. So be sure to check that out and also to vote for what you want to see win later on this week as product of the week at healthmasters.com. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Talk to you again tomorrow as always. Love you guys.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 